the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. Okay, yeah, my, uh, <laughs> my controversial ideas are, are going mainstream. Uh, the uh, President of the United States, actually, uh, going along with uh, what we've been saying here for a while, what we've been saying from the get-go when it comes to this, um, we need a plan. We need dates. Um, th- there's no other way around it. There's, there's just no other way. Um, I'll get into that a little bit. Uh, this is what we know so far. I, I'll timestamp this podcast. I, again, depending upon what I have going on, what interviews I have to do, calls I've got to make, people I have to speak to, I don't do the podcast at the same time every day. So I'll timestamp this one at around 12.30 Eastern time. And the, the markets are hitting all, well, hitting highs of the day. And no, 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 I, you know, I, I didn't, you know, roll out a keg, didn't roll out a keg and, and, and break out the noisemakers and all that good stuff. I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't care what it's doing today. I don't, don't, I, I, again, it's a reaction. It's a reaction again to some of the things that the Federal Reserve is doing and the hope that Congress might get something done. Now, last night they failed. Um, we, we saw a, a Nancy Pelosi. This is kind of how, how Congress negotiates. So Pelosi throws in everything in the kitchen sink in their bill and all of these little pet projects that they want. And from the looks of things, they may get pulled out, but then she's going to get some of the things that they want. And here are some of the extra things that I'm seeing, the little handouts and giveaways in this bill. It's going to actually force lenders, and I, I don't know the specifics behind this, I don't. It's going to uh, force lenders to grant a temporary reprieve for mortgage and car payments. I don't know. I mean, it's just those are auto loans. I don't know if that's to do with. Uh, I don't know if it's to do with leases. I don't know how that's going to work. Also, reprieve from credit card bills too. You're not going to have to pay your credit card bills. For and this, this year, 360 days. It would order the Federal Reserve to provide loan servicers with liquidity to allow borrowers to stop paying their mortgages for up to 360 days. Uh, people who live in public housing are going to get a temporary reprieve from paying rent. Again, I don't know how long. And for all student loan borrowers out there, you're going to have $10,000 of your debt Forgiven. Winner, winner, chicken, dinner. Uh, Negative consumer credit reporting. Can't have anything bad on your credit report. That's that's halted. Foreclosures and evictions are going to be banned. Yeah, this is this is what I'm 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 seeing right now. Okay. Ah, that'll make make a lot of people out there thrilled. Yay, look what, look what I'm going to get. Look at that. Look at this. Um, is it going to matter 
is it going to matter if you don't have a job? What does it matter if you don't have a job? These are, these are programs are going to go on from now until eternity. This, I'm going to put this to you, okay, very clearly. Small businesses in the United States account for about half the employment. Small businesses is where you see job growth. Now, looking at a couple studies here when it comes to small businesses, the median small business, median small business out there has a cash balance that will last 27 days. Other types of businesses don't even have that long. If you're in the retail business, you can last 19. A restaurant, 16. Another survey I was taking a look at, it was a, actually, wasn't done by them, it was actually talking to businesses. Small businesses, 21% of small businesses said they would fail after a month without any cash flow. An additional 34% said they couldn't last more than one to three months. Do you understand? Do you drive around your community and you see people with plumbing trucks and contractors and, and all of the myriad of businesses that make this country work? What do you think is going to happen when they're all gone? Huh? There's nothing the federal government can do, okay? All the king's horses and all the king's men can't put the economy back together again. They can't. It's just not possible. And I understand, I get it, I understand the predicament we're in right now. And I understand some of the tough measures that are taking place. And okay, I, I, I can read the, the sick map, I can see where the new cases are coming from, they're coming from where I live. They're coming from where I live. So you've got an area here, in particular, New York metropolitan area. You've got California areas as well. You know, if you need to, to shut these areas down and practice greater social distancing for a period of time and just say, hey, listen, listen, you, you know, you can't travel. You can't do these things. You know, we're going to try to really flatten the curve in these areas as fast as we possibly can because of the popular, because of the density that we have here, we're going to go ahead and do that as best we can. But you're going to shut down the whole country? I, I don't understand the logic there. I don't. What, what do you think we're going to have on the other side of this?
Again, how do you think people are going to react? They're going to rebel against this. You don't have a police force. You're going to put, put the army on the streets. What do you think people are going to do? They're just going to start breaking the law. You have to give them a date. You have to give a certain point of time. We are going to do this for this long. And then we're going to have to reevaluate. I, I understand. I get it. Get, get, the, get the hospital beds in place. Give. Give, give the, the, the medical community the time to put the hospital beds, to get the ventilators, to do the things that are necessary. And this is something that we're good at it in this country, better than any place in the entire world. But, but I don't think people, you fully understand what's going to be on the other side of this with some of these draconian measures. There's, there's nothing that they can do. They can't print enough money to make all of these, these small businesses survive. They can't do it. What's, what's the trade-off, people? And, and, and listen, I you know, think I... <laughs> Look at the amount of cases that are going up. And of course, I mean, they said this from the, from the very beginning, weeks ago, that 80% of the country is going to get it. We know that. We just don't need 80% of the country to get it all at once. I, I understand that. And again, I hope that the, the thing will... Peter out. It flu season's on the way. You've had the other, the uh, other viruses uh, in the past. Uh, things changed, whereas uh, the it mutated and it went away. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, I, I, I hear all sorts of comparisons, and they talk about Italy, and then there's hope because of what Italy. You know, Italy's death rate is coming down, and Italy has peaked. And then they're taking a look at Italy and saying, well, you know what? Italy has a, uh, you, you know, they have, uh, you got to take a look at the amount of time it took for them to get through this. No, you don't. Each and every one of these situations is different and unique. Every single one. I mean, there's so, it's, it's like comparing, it's science. It's, you can't compare any of these things. You got air quality, talk about China. Air quality in China is terrible. Their healthcare system can't even come close to ours. Also talking about the, the type of food that these people, it's, it's completely different. Every area of the world is different. I find it fascinating that the Japanese and how long that they live, yet they have the highest uh, per capita amount of people that smoke has a little bit to do with, the, with obviously with what they eat. A- anyway, you know, I- I've been talking about the, the various different things from the get-go, things that were just obvious to anyone that's actually been to Italy, the multi-generational households. And we have multi-generational households here in the United States too. And I happen to live in one. And we have to be a little bit more careful We have to be a little bit more careful. For example, if my kids, uh, they, they open up schools, which I hope they do. 
which I hope they do very, very shortly. And maybe I, I might have my mother-in-law go stay with her friend in, uh, in Queens for a period of time until the kind of the thing goes through. I, I, you know, we're going to come up with something to try to, to deal with the extra risk and handle that. I, 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 there's, there's things you can do that you're gonna ha- we're all going to have to do. But it wasn't just that with Italy. We were the ones that reported the amount, the grand investment that China was making in Italy and Italy getting on board with their Silk Road program that they had going on there. I didn't know this. I found this out today from Newt Gingrich because he lives in Italy. His wife is the uh, ambassador to the Vatican. Do you know there was over 100,000 people from Wuhan living in northern Italy? Going back and forth. There's daily flights back and forth, Milan, Wuhan. While this thing was going on, Italy did not cancel those flights. They didn't stop the flights. They didn't stop the flights because they didn't want to be called racist. Not to mention the fact, not only that, and we mentioned this yesterday in the program, they actually adopted a policy because they didn't want to look like racists. They had hugged a Chinese person day. You're going to compare the United States to Italy. Now, now listen, hey, hey, listen, I, I don't know. We don't have the data. I don't know what's going to to happen here. I know we have a lot of people we have high density in New York and people on subways and people on train. I, I was on subways uh, a little over a week ago. I, I can't even remember last time I was on a subway. Who else out there feels like that this thing is lasting? It's like every day lasts like a year. Who else feels the same way? No, I do. I, I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think. The last time I was on a subway, it felt like like months ago, but I know it was like a week ago. Maybe it was a week ago. It was Tuesday. Was I in this? I can't even. Again, I, one day leads into the next. And I was on a packed subway. I, I, listen, I, people get it. Lots of people, lots and lots and lots and lots of people have it, and they don't know. And they don't know. And do I, I think that this will pop up from time to time? Yeah, probably will. It kind of until it works its way through. And yeah, I think we've got to deal with people and we've got to get testing kits ready to go. For people at home, test kits, all of this stuff needs to be amped up. But some of these ideas that I see floated with month, two months, three month shutdown, get the hell out of here. We can't do that. We can't. It's just not possible. Hey, again, another story. You make comparisons. Reading the story today about France's healthcare system, and uh, wow, um, take a look at their 
their their situation there. Um, first and foremost, government funds about seventy five percent of the health expenditures. Uh, you can buy private insurance as well. Um, but again, they, they they can't keep up. They can't keep up. Um, again, you take a look at some. I was trying to find the numbers here. I had them written down. Hold on a second here. The amount of actual uh, the the number of full time hospital beds in the country uh, is that it's below four hundred thousand for the entire country. Below 400,000. And again, there's going to be severe pressure on their, their health care system over there. Severe. They, they don't have the numbers. They don't have the and Listen, France is, is going to be in a better position than other countries when it comes to the amount of physicians that they're going to have. Um, they, didn't, they don't face the... Uh, the brain drain that many of the Mediterranean countries face and have been facing for a while. So they might be a little bit better off uh, on that. But again, they're going to have to deal with this. They're not the United States. Nobody is. Nobody. We can get our arms around the supply chain problems, getting the amount of masks, getting the equipment that is available, getting enough hospital beds, opening up hospitals that have been closed, getting this done as soon as possible. You put up, you, you say, you know, it's like I run a business. If I want something done by a certain period of time, I task people to do it. I expect it to be done. It's a deadline. Get this done at this point in time. Once that is taken care of, once we can get that, then we, you know what? Then we're going to start sending people back to work. And then you give people out there, businesses, you give them a plan. You, they can plan. Your local pub and your local restaurant can start planning to start bringing people back in. Even even if they have to, yeah, you, you have to lower some of the occupancy rates for a period of time. You do it. All right, we're gonna get through this. What are we gonna have on the other side? Tumbleweeds going through the streets. Again, it's it's <laughs> it's a trade-off, people. I mean, we got we got choices we have to make. And listen, I, you know, I get it. I get it. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm very much in the Colonel Kilgore mode of an individual. He's he, uh, from, uh, if you remember, I mentioned here in the program, Apocalypse Now, Robert Duvall's character. He'll be walking around there on the beach. There's like mortars blowing up around him. He doesn't even flinch. Yeah, I, I don't really fear much. That's, that's in my nature. Funny thing is my wife is the exact opposite of me. The exact opposite. For people that, that can continue to work at home, that the, the businesses, the big business out there that can continue to have their, their, uh, their staff engage in social distancing and working at home, you do that. 
But again, the people that need to get back out on the job, they need to be able to do that. You have to. This is something that we have to manage it. We can't, we can't let it blow us up. Again, Trump and his press conference yesterday, it was a two-hour press conference yesterday, uh, talking about how he, he's looking to open, start opening up the economy within the next couple of weeks. I get it. I get it. I, I understand. I understand. I, I, I completely get it. And I, I do think, I do feel that, again, areas that are not where this thing is not blowing up and getting out of control, guess what? Let the people work. We are a very big country. Um, some things that we're going to see on the, the other side of this. Uh, you know, they, they talk about with the virus, I mean, this is in terms of companies, big, bigger companies. They talk in terms of virus that people, people, the people that are really affected by this, people who die from this, have some sort of pre-existing condition. Something, that, in diabetes, they have uh, emphysema, problems, things like that. Is it more, people that are more apt to die from this. Many companies that, bigger companies, that went into this shutdown with a ton of debt on their balance sheet, in particular retailers out there, I don't know how they're going to make it out on the other side. I don't know how. I, I just, I just don't see it happening. I, you're gonna even <laughs> these companies that I was making fun of prior to this because of the ridiculous idea. SoftBank, SoftBank is going to have to sell forty-one billion dollars. And assets, what are they going to do? They were funding a lot of unicorn companies. They were the unicorn. If you had any sort of idea uh, that was unicornish and you happen to come from uh, you know, Silicon Valley, Palo Alto, they were throwing money at you. You mentioned that they backed away from uh, trying to save WeWork. Now they're just, they're just trying to stay alive. Maybe the companies out there with a lot less debt are going to come out okay. Not everybody is going to make it. Not everyone is going to make it. And again, that was one of the keys, people. One of the keys of getting through 2008, 2009. You didn't want things in your portfolio that were going to be no longer. Okay? That, that, yeah, that's, a, that's a loss. Things took a hit. Sure, a lot, many companies got crushed just as like they're getting crushed now but as long as they could as long as you can survive long as you're able to survive you're going to come out out all right on the other side i don't care how ugly it looks now you can take a look at many of the banks and how how much they've been whacked a lot of strong strong companies there that are going to be okay on the other side I want to share with you, uh, it was an interview that uh, Warren Buffett just had discussing the coronavirus uh, and some interesting quotes 
in the uh, the interview. Again, it's it's typical Warren Buffett. Um, like myself, like myself, this is why I didn't use people calling it a a black swan. Um, I knew a pandemic was going to come at some point in time. I, I didn't fully get the speed of this. My arms around the speed of this by any stretch. Uh, I didn't. And based upon the mortality rates um, that we were seeing coming out of China and these other areas of the world, quite, quite honestly, um, quite honestly, I, I didn't think that we would take these types of measures. But anyway, um, Buffett said that he always felt a pandemic would happen sometime and uh, not surprised by this. Uh, He said it was in October 1987, but it was an imitation anyway. And the combination of the coronavirus and what happened with oil is a big one to punch. Right. Going back to March 9th. Largest, uh, biggest stock market decline since the financial crisis. So there'll be interruptions and I don't know when they will occur and I don't know how they will occur. I do know they will occur from time to time. And I also know that we'll come out better on the other end on the inevitability and fleeting nature of disruptions to the global economy. It says, if you stick stick around long enough, you'll see everything in markets. And it took me 89 years of age to throw this one into the experience. Why he wasn't rattled. Why we haven't been rattled again. (laughs) As of yet, I'm not rattled yet. Okay. I still have faith that we're going to do the right thing. Um, and he talks about his age. He said there's, there's been about three of He says you, you multiply basically saying it, I'm paraphrasing his lifetime times three. And you go back that amount of time in this country. And there really wasn't much of anything here as far as America was concerned. And you take a look at what we've accomplished in less than 250 years as a country. And it is quite extraordinary. He said that he's drinking a little more Coca-Cola. Um, says it's warded off everything else in life. Again, he's a big investor in Coca-Cola. Um, he says, I'm a probability guy by, by nature. It'll be 2.8 million deaths in the United States this year. And at age 89, I'm a little more likely to be in that group. Discussing the rising odds of his death with each passing year. Talks about negative interest rates. He's saying how they puzzle him, but they don't scare him. Um, He said that the most important question in the world is about negative interest rates, but he doesn't know the answer. That's why it's an important question. If you promised to pay me something at 3% a year, that would have been a terrible investment for me to own at almost any time in history. But today, (laughs) if you're good for it, it's great. Talks about the yields on government bonds and how it makes other investments more attractive. I've talked about that here on the program. Historical uh, earnings per share metrics and how it really, you can't make the comparison because of what you're getting in bonds right now. He says, I've seen evidence of that same awakening or whatever it may be of the public. They've changed their behavior substantially, describing how people are driving less due to the coronavirus, leading to a noticeable drop in insurance claims filed with Geico and other Berkshire-owned businesses. And again, he also talked about a birthday party uh, back in uh, 2008. 
and how he was the most popular person there. It's like a sports hero describing the concern about the money market accounts back in September 2008 because people thought that they were going to lose everything. Again, when things go down, guys like him become very, very popular. Anyway, um, I will still find, I obviously, hopefully tomorrow we'll be talking about a decent package out of uh, Congress and see where, uh, where that stands, and we'll break it down. If we can, who knows? Have a great day, everybody. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all sorts of great stuff. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.